The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. The gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who takes what he wants, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired, but I mean, that's kind of been my life post-COVID, so uh, just something I'm dealing with. <laughs> that's a... Man... I mean, I hope that eventually that's not true for you, right? Like, man, you ain't getting. I hope also the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping that this ends uh, quicker than than it has. Yeah. So I, I always wondered, um, specifically for parents, because like every parent I know talks about how they're basically perpetually tired. Uh, yeah. I always wondered, like, you know, like the COVID, you know, of like being tired after COVID, like. Does it feel different than just being tired of as being a parent? Yeah, it's extra. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does feel different. Because, um, you know, after once the kid, once you get the kid in bed, like usually you get like a little bit of a surge of like energy slash relief slash right. like I want to spend some time like doing something I want to do. And now right. it's just like I can't wait to crawl into bed as soon as they're in bed and that's no fun because then you're you know your day's done and your body still needs to like wind down so i'm just like lying in bed right hoping for sleep but my brain ain't ready to sleep <laughs> just the rest of my body is, so yeah yeah it's you know it, it's it is what it is <laughs> um good weekend though overall do anything you know with that lack of energy and low energy do anything fun or exciting at all mostly good weekend um went to my nephew's birthday party yesterday took my son and they had um our cousin does a animal like a reptile uh you know like the parties where they have a reptile guy come well that's our our cousin is that guy oh okay so my brother hired him to come out and they brought out uh uh tegus and 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 iguanas and snakes and pythons and tarantulas and goodness yeah and i was really interested to see how my son would react because he's never like held a snake or Mm -hmm. even been around one and he was he loved it he had a great time so that was nice a nice surprise because it could have been a lot worse right um and then today was nice it was mother's day the weather isn't great uh so Mm -hmm. It's pretty windy, but we cooked out. Um, my dad was working, so um, I cooked uh, lunch for my wife and my mom, and uh, we just spent some time in the backyard. You know, kind of low key day, but it was nice regardless. How about you? Yeah, the weekend was uh, busy. So Saturday all day was gorgeous here. Uh, so I spent the whole day doing uh, yard work slash a small landscaping <laughs> project that we're working on. So. 
that's how I spent basically my entire Saturday. And then Saturday, like after dinner was like, Hey, we have to go shopping for things that we still need for this project. Yeah. <laughs> Which was like, so that was basically my entire Saturday. Uh, and then today it was just, you know, for mother's day, it was just dreary and rainy here all day. Uh, which was kind of nice because then I couldn't work on that project anymore today. Uh, but it did mean I was just doing some stuff around the house, which needed to get done. And it's been a while because work's been super busy. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, Josh, obviously last week we recorded on Monday. Uh, and then on Tuesday, I got up, drove for about seven and a half hours uh, to a conference that I went to. And I was at that conference until Friday. And then Friday I drove home and got home. I don't know. Not long before I sent you the show notes. So oh boy, 10, yeah. so late. <laughs> 30, 11, something like that. Uh, and then went into my weekend of working all day yesterday and all that good stuff. But this, Josh, leads me to my pregame question for you. Mm. When it comes to travel, yes. what is your like your threshold for driving? Like, Is there a certain time where you're like, are you cool with driving any distance? Is it like if it's over X certain number of hours that you like look for flights? Like, What does it come when it comes to driving, not driving? What are your thoughts on all that? If it's for work, I mean, it's whatever. If the, if if I can fly, I'd rather fly. If it's for work, uh, if you know, distance wise, I mean, I think it would have to be longer than a six hour drive for me to want to fly. Right. But even still, I'm I'm okay driving pretty much any distance. I used to have to drive a lot for work and in the winter and all the way up to the tippity top of Maine. So sometimes I'd be driving in snowstorms for eight hours, like. Mm-hmm. Those are fun, of course, especially at <laughs> night when you're driving at night. Yeah. Um, but it's something I did. Uh, fl- flying has become so stressful now with the way people mm-hmm. are, are acting in yeah. real life. So I would probably prefer not to fly probably anything less than a 12-hour drive. Oh, okay. Um, but, it, you know, then it comes to like... Am I is my car staying where I'm staying, or am I leaving my car when I get there? Like you know, all the variables. But uh, I would rather fly to Florida than drive to Florida. But I'm also not opposed to driving to Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was just what was so funny is because for this conference, like the idea of flying like never crossed my mind. Like I never even considered flying there. And then some colleagues from a different school that aren't too far from me did fly there. And I was like, oh, that's bizarre. Like, I never would have even considered. And I I don't know about the fact that, like, the conference was in Fargo. I lived in Fargo for, like, eight years. And then, like, to get there, like, I have to go through the Twin Cities, which I grew up in. And, like, the drive then from the Twin Cities to Fargo is something I have done. I can't even count how many times in my life. So, like, I had to make the drive, like, basically like I was going to my mom's that I do all the time. But then to make the old drive that I used to make when I was in Fargo to my mom's. Like, that was, like, all I was doing. So, <laughs> yeah. like, in my mind, I'm, like, I've done this drive basically literally probably hundreds of times. Like, not actually together. But if I take the different pieces of them, like, this is something that I've done all the time. And I know the city really well when I get there because I lived there for so long. So, I wanted a car to be able to drive around, right? Like, so the idea of flying, like, never, like, it, it, I didn't even consider it. Yeah, And I'm wondering if it's because I was just so familiar with the place that I was going and the route to get there that I never even entertained flying. Do you think that impacts, like, if you're going to a place you're familiar with, are you more likely to drive if it's, even if it's, like, a far distance? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh, I You know, I like to have the feeling like that I have my car with me. Right. I think it makes me feel more control of wherever I am. For sure. 
So I might prefer to drive in general. Um, plus, you know, the added expense of like rental cars or public transportation and not being familiar with public transportation in the area you're in. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I would prefer just to have that familiarity of my vehicle, whether I know the area or not. But I don't know that if I knew the place, it would change necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. I try to think of like if I had to go like seven hours south of here, I don't even necessarily know what that is. But I don't know because like St. Louis is like five, four hours, five hours to St. Louis. Like, I don't know whatever's two hours south of St. Louis. I guess like I don't know if I'd want to drive there. Like maybe I would. I've driven to St. Louis a number of times, but I've never really driven further south than that. So then I'm like, would I be more likely to like just jump on an airplane and like Uber wherever I needed to go? Like if I don't. If I'm not familiar with the roads and I'm not, I'm going to be like looking at a map or looking up directions anyway, would I just yeah. rather have someone who knows it do it for me? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think I, I would, I would probably be the type of person to, to schedule a pit stop if like as a long trip, mm. like even if it was only like, I don't know, seven to 12 hours, I might, because you're already saving based off like flight and now that you have to pay for luggage for everything. Uh, you might be saving a little bit in gas, not the way gas is now, but <laughs> oh man, pre so gas, like <laughs> oh man, I spent so much on gas. <laughs> yeah, and one day uh, gas went up twenty five cents in one day here, and Ouch, I was like, "What? Is... <laughs> How did I not fill up yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking?" <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in in a situation where gas is lower, I would be like, you know, to a trip, take a halfway, get a hotel, stay overnight, relax. If time is not an uh, like an issue, right? Well, because like, a lot of traveling not... with Best Buy, so like, I have a lot of travel experience, right? Um, and I've done a lot of flying with them, so I'm also comfortable flying, but there's still a lot of headaches involved, yeah, pre and post flight, right? Because like, here's an example: Indianapolis is seven hours from me. Would I drive to Indianapolis? I don't know that I would. Yeah, would you drive to Gen Con? That's what I was just kind of just thinking about. I'm like, would I, you know, like, would I do or would I just fly? I feel like I would fly. And I, so yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's just because, especially with like Indianapolis, like obviously like get Uber, like that, you're not, you don't have a problem with those things, right? Like Fargo's sure. a pretty small town. Like, yes, they have taxis. Yes, they have Uber. But it's not like the glut of it that it is like when you go to like major cities, you know, where yeah. like it takes you two or three minutes to get a vehicle. It's not like that there. Um but yeah, I'm just wondering, like, would I drive to to Indianapolis? I don't know that I would. Maybe I would. Maybe I'm just a big wuss because I've never driven there before, so I don't really want to, <laughs> right? Like, every town that you go to or, like, big city that you go to, like, the feeling of driving in that big city is different, you know? Sure. Like, driving in Chicago is very different than driving in the Twin Cities. Um, I've done both of those, so I'm fine doing both of those, but I've never done it in Indianapolis, so maybe I don't want to. I don't know. Is driving in Indianapolis okay, Josh? I don't know. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you know, Josh? I've driven to New York City. I don't like that. Well, it doesn't. I don't think. But it's pretty easy because like they're all one-way streets. Just right. it's nothing compared to Boston. Boston's ten times worse. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh yeah, there's always construction. The maps are never right. If you miss, <laughs> if you take one wrong turn, it puts you like back on the highway, and you're on for. 40 minutes until the next exit uh it can be rough (laughs) yeah yeah well there you go listeners what's your limit for driving how far are you willing to drive when do you then start looking at flights 
uh, I would love to know because yeah, I don't know. I just I was so shocked that like the idea of flying never even occurred to me. It just I had never once considered it, and everyone was like, "Why didn't you fly?" And I was like, "Uh, why why did you fly?" <laughs> like it was just so bizarre. But anyway. With that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Place of Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows, like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive, as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing this week? Not much, Kyle, not much. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Again, I'm still trying to get out of this funk, so I haven't really been motivated to play anything. Um, I did try to start Trek to Yomi. I think that's what it's called, right? Yep. Um, but I didn't realize it was all subtitled and I didn't have my glasses with me. Oh, no. I mean, they were in the house. They were just a couple of rooms away. I just wanted they to play. They weren't sitting there. I just wanted to play it for a little bit before work. Right. Uh, on Friday. And so I did the very, very, very beginning and then everything was, I was like, oh, I can't read any of this. I'll have to try this again. <laughs> so, um, I do intend to get back to that. Um, but I like the visual style so far. Um, uh, Gloomhaven. We had our Gloomhaven night last night. Uh, we only played one scenario. It was a boss fight, boss level, boss scenario, and it officially kicked off our end game. Uh, for Gloomhaven, it, it yeah. unlocked a global achievement, which we need to do. Uh, I think we're guessing it's two more boss fights uh, to complete, but we have two more. Uh, we'll say like notches on the banner. We have to add. We have to add to that banner um, under the global achievements. So it pops up, and we'll say I forget what it's called. The specific one, but there's a bunch of global achievements you can get mm-hmm. after completing things, um, and they're in the shape of banners. And this one has three. We'll call them like hashes on it. And only one is filled in, so we have to do two more to complete this quest line we're on, which looks to be the end quest line. Obviously, minus side quests and stuff, which we can still do. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll probably slow it down a little bit as far as main quests. I was going to say, you might actually finish Gloomhaven before Frosthaven gets here. We could finish Gloomhaven before Frosthaven. I think we'll try to get it as close to that as we can i'll have a good yeah. idea of when frost haven's coming at some point um so will we will we josh yeah i mean <laughs> at some point um so yeah so uh i think we got a couple more characters we want to retire before we finish up too so uh it's been fun it's still a lot of fun this one was a little easier than normal but my my character has an ability now the berserker that um I can play this card where it takes all of the health that I currently have and turns it into an attack for that much hit points. So I, I currently I can top off at 20 HP, but we were getting beaten up real bad. So I only ended up getting 12 HP at the time I wanted to use it, uh, 12 hit, uh, to attack. But after the attack, you go down to one hit point. So, and you lose the card. So it was a gamble. It, it worked pretty well, but not as well as I wanted it to. So <laughs> I think the boss had 
48 hit points. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it was fun though. It was good. We, we successfully completed it and, you know, in a, in a good amount of time too. So we didn't spend all night, uh, getting like, you know, me, I was the one I was most concerned about being tired, <laughs> which I was, cause I was up at five 30 for work in the morning. Right. Which is always fun working on a Saturday. Oh yeah. Uh, of course. That's what we all like to do. <laughs> And then finally, I'm playing a game called Peglin. Are you familiar with this game? No, I am not, Josh. Tell me All about right. Peglin. It's on Steam. It's early access. I believe it's early access. Um, you, The name is like a, an amalgamation of two things, Goblin and Peggle. It okay. is Peggle, but it's a it's like um, uh, Slay the Spire. Uh, it's a roguelike. Roguelike? Roguelite. Um, but it even has like the very similar map. I think Slay the Spire has a map, right? Where it has like a question mark or a treasure yeah. chest. Yeah. So it has the same map. Um, and yeah, and you're, and you're upgrading instead of cards, you're upgrading your peggles, your balls uh, that you are launching. And you have waves of RPG type bad guys coming at you, like slimes oh. and skeletons and and uh, stuff like that. So I, I completed... The first map, I think it's called the forest. And then I got my butt handed to me in the next map. But that's okay. how these games are supposed to work. So um, it's a lot of fun. You know, it adds the randomness of Peggle to uh, this style of game. It definitely, it, you know, of course, it's it's Peggle, but with 8-bit graphics because, you know, every game has to be every game does yeah 8-bit graphics now. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so if if you like Peggle and you like Dungeon Crawls, check it out on Steam. Do you it's remember how fun. much it costs? Fifteen bucks. Okay. So do you think it's worth? 15? I think uh, so far from what I played, seems to be a lot of replayability. Okay. I am watching a as you were talking. I'm watching a video of it, and this is like it's going to sound bad, and I don't mean it to sound bad. It seems like a mobile game. Sure. Right. I can see like, that. And I, I, I can the, see that coming from the guy who loves vampire survivors. Oh, I, yeah, I, I very much love, love vampire survivors. I'm not talking crap about it. I don't mean that as a bad thing. Just, and I'm not totally know, sure if there's, a, if there's a power that they have, but like the way the ball bounces doesn't look like. Yes, yeah, so like each the balls have different abilities. Some okay. are like extra okay. bouncy, some drop bombs. Okay. Uh, but you I'm start with like. The ball is kind of. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't seem like the way gravity would work, like how that's going right there. So, well, you start like if you think of like ascension, you start with like generic balls. They're just like yeah. regular, don't do a lot of damage. But it also has like some of them take away your hit points when you use them, like mm-hmm. some like for extra benefits and stuff. Just like like a typical like Slay the Spire or Doom or Monster Train or all those other games. Gotcha. But it's fun. Gotcha. Anything else you've been playing? That's it. I mean, no, <laughs> it's okay. been a, been a uh, boring week. <laughs> uh, well, Josh, I'm going to one up you. I have not even turned on a game system all week. Um, <laughs> well, you were like away said, for work. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was gone all day, all week. Um, I brought my Switch with me, but it never left its case. Um, uh, and then I, yeah, I worked all day yesterday on stuff around the house. I've literally not played. I have not turned anything on. That's okay. I haven't booted anything up. I life. Have, yeah, I've played the game of life. Absolutely. Um, I was hoping to play some stuff this afternoon. And then my wife was like, hey, I'm going to go do some work. Is that cool? And I was like, yeah. And her desk is like right where like my gaming area is. So I was like, well, I don't want to like go do that and like distract her while she's working. So so I didn't play anything at all. 
Um, but that's okay. That's that happens sometimes because that's the way life goes. Yeah. Um, and you know, if we were independently wealthy or we're getting, you know, oh, boy. <laughs> paid to do this podcast, then that would be, nice. be a different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had to do actual, or I should say, I should had to do the work I get paid for um, yeah. this week. So awesome. So with that, then we're gonna kind of cycle on and talk about our topics this week. So Josh, what is your first topic? Well, uh, we got another new board game headed our way. It's by what? some pretty good uh, board game developers, uh, specifically Michael Kiesling and Wolfgang Kramer, who are famous, and they've also done <laughs> Azul and Downforce, uh, among many other games. Uh, so they have a new game coming out. It's called Amygdala, and it's probably uh, what you think it is about. Uh you are tampering with the human brain. So Amygdala is a board game for two to four players that focuses on the region of the brain that handles emotions and emotional responses. It is an abstract game uh, that will challenge players to take control of uh, the parts of the Amygdala. Uh, it's not Amygdala, right? It's, it's Amygdala, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, that tackle different emotions uh, with each segment uh, being connected to a particular type of emotion. Uh, and every player will be in charge of one of these segments and will attempt to manage their complicated processes through the game. It kind of makes me feel like what that Voices in Your Head game is supposed to be yeah. like, but I got to play that to be more informed. I know, and you have a copy uh, of it. I have a copy of it, so I got to play it. Um, it also has players gathering and placing emotional resources within their memory banks, uh, which they can then exchange in order to unlock more emotions. And whenever players manage to successfully gain access to new emotions, uh, they can then place them onto the main game board as tiles uh, and then use their emotion tiles uh, to create connections and eventually form networks with similar emotions in order to score points. Um, besides scoring points through connections, you can also acquire points by having the most unlocked emotions within a single region of the board. Uh, but to receive those points, uh, players have to place a claim tile belonging to that region on the corresponding part of the game board. Uh, in order to collect the points at the end of the game. And whichever player successfully gathers the most points, as usual in board games, uh, that person is the winner. Uh, they've also uh, So these guys have also uh, worked together on a game called uh, Tikal, I think, which is a pretty uh, well-received game. Yeah. Um, and Torres, which is another abstract game about building castles. Uh, yeah, and, and Kiesling has also worked on other uh, Zool games as well. I think Queen's Garden. Uh, is the other one. Uh, yeah. So what do you think? Sound interesting to you? I think it seems pretty uh, original. Yeah, it seems, you know, the only art we have so far is what I assume is the box cover. Yeah. Um, and it looks pretty awesome. Like, it, the art looks nice. I, I always struggle when games are announced and they explain what you do in the game because I really have a hard time visualizing or putting into, like, a, a vision exactly what words they're saying like everything they said and everything you read makes sense to me but like the actual act of like okay well how would i actually play this game then and what would it look like and is there just a main board and do i have a player board like how does all of that work those are the things i really really struggle with but you know abstract strategy games are something i enjoy overall i think they're pretty fun uh these two designers have as you mentioned done amazing games obviously um azul uh to call uh, but also, like, Michael Kleising has done uh, Heaven and Ale, which people really seem to like. Um, and it's a game I own that mm. I haven't played yet. Um, so that's in there. So, yeah, I, 
I am interested in this. Um, I assume this is being, this is going to crowdfunding. Is that true? Uh, I didn't see if it was or not. I, uh, I'm not sure. Okay. So that's just the one thing I would wonder is if this is being crowdfunded or not. Because if it was being crowdfunded, uh, I would definitely take a look at that and at least, you know, follow that uh, if that's what they're, go- if the roads that they're going. Um, it's so, yeah, published by know. Game Brewer and it doesn't look like any of their games have formally been Kickstarters okay. or crowdfunding. So maybe they're just going to um, self-publish. Oh, okay. That'd be cool too. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely interested. I'm going to keep an eye on this game. Like I said, those two designers are great. Uh, I'm always interested in a good abstract strategy game. So it is something that I will keep an eye on. What about you, Josh? Is this something you're going to rush out and pick up on day one? I mean, I'd have to see more for rushing out, but I think it seems like a pretty cool idea. Definitely like when we do have the opportunity to play games with friends, it's always something thinking about like uh, something new that right. would be like, you know, really catches people's attention. So um, it definitely is something that I will keep on my radar because it sounds, it sounds cool. It sounds uh, uh, like it would be a fun um, game to play with multiple people. So I'm yeah. interested. We'll keep, keep our eyes up for amygdala. It sounds uh, you know, it's only an hour playtime, which is good. You know, that's a nice, solid playtime for two to four players. So, absolutely, uh, absolutely, I'm interested. Cool. All right. Anything else then about Amygdala, Josh? Not yet. Maybe we'll talk about it in more in the future. Awesome. All right, Josh. So my first story then uh, is all about Ubisoft. You know, yield ubiquitous software. Um, and wondering, yeah. hey. Are they going to be staying independent or not? Uh, this story comes from Games Radar from Austin Wood over there. Um, and it basically says that the Guimot family, has, which founded Ubisoft, is reportedly looking to partner with a private equity firm to arrange a formal acquisition of the company in order to fend off external buyouts. That's according to a report from Seeking Alpha, which cites data from market news and analyst firm Deal Reporter, claiming that the Guimot family wants to keep the reign of the company. The news is seemingly behind the 11% jump that Ubisoft share prices have seen today. This is four days ago. It's kind of when the story kind of broke. Um, the Gilmo family currently owns 16% of Ubisoft shares and 22% of its voting shares. It would need to buy a good deal more than that. Than, oh, goodness gracious, reading challenging <laughs> today. It would need to buy a good more than that to gain control of the company, hence its apparent strategy to loop in a private equity firm. This news comes on the heels of separate reports claiming that Ubisoft has attracted bio interest from other private equity firms, so much so that some current and former employees have come to believe the company will indeed be sold. These talks were said to be in the early stages, but specific firms including Blackstone Inc. and KKK, KKR and Company were listed as potential buyers. The follow, this follows comments from Ubisoft CEO Eve Gamont who discussed the prospect of a buyout offer at the company's February earnings call. This came during a white-hot period of deals and consolidation in the games industry, mere weeks after the double whammy of Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and Sony buying Bungie, so it was unsurprising for the CEO to be asked about Ubisoft's stance on potential acquisitions. At the time, Gamot, what am I doing? Uh, At the time, (laughs) Eve affirmed that while Ubisoft can remain independent, the company would review acquisition offers. If today's report is accurate, such an offer may come internally. So obviously, Josh, you know, last week we recorded on Mondays. We were able to talk about uh, Square Enix selling their Western studios to embrace your group. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ubisoft is a company that's kind of been floated out there uh, by a lot of people thinking that they would be a company ripe for acquisition. Uh, 
A, what are your thoughts on Ubisoft being acquired? Do you think that's something that would be good for like one of the major players to do, like a, a PlayStation or an Xbox, number one? <clears throat> yeah. Number two, if they didn't go that route, you know, A, or if you don't think that's a good fit, what about potentially, you know, staying third party, being snatched up by somebody like 2K or something like that? Or do you think their best bet is to, you know, kind of stay internal as they are, um, let the Gamo family kind of just take over and basically become, you know, a private company instead of a publicly traded company? Um, you know, hearing all that, what do you think? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings on Ubisoft and where they are in the market? It's interesting because I didn't actually think that we would see this happen. But like, I think back to when we were talking about um, Bungie uh, in Activision Blizzard and, and the conversations we were having about people worried about what this means for gaming and that that the double A studios are just going to be disappearing and triple A. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're in a situation where like Ubisoft doesn't want to be, it sounds like Ubisoft doesn't want to be acquired, but they feel right. like like a hostile takeover is imminent or something. And I think in that situation, that is kind of scary, right? Like we don't want to see if they want to sell because it's beneficial to them and that's their choice. Uh, yeah. More power to them. Right. Like, Sell your company, go retire, get a house in Italy, whatever they do, <laughs> and you know enjoy it. But like to see something where, like, you think about Elon Musk and Twitter and and how he like threatened and then it ended up happening. You can't really feel good about something like that. So I wouldn't feel good about something like this if like he was really didn't want to sell the company. But I also like Ubisoft, the company who is actively putting nfts in their games i don't feel too bad for you <laughs> currently right um but i get i get that it maybe it was like a last ditch effort to get more money because maybe they are struggling mm-hmm. but they picked a bad time to get into nfts now all of a sudden <laughs> yeah uh so i don't know i mean Ubisoft is one of those studios that we always talk about. Like they're my favorite part of E3, or at least we'll call it Summer Games Fest now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always interested to see what they have. They always have something interesting. They always have surprises. They always have games that are out of the box. Right. So I would be. I I still don't think we're talking about like Microsoft or Sony buying them and then changing what Ubisoft is. We're not in that situation. But I still can't help but wonder like. Who would buy them and how much would that change? Especially if it was like like a 2K or an Electronic Arts that bought them, I'd be more worried than like a Microsoft or a Sony. Yeah. Well, and this is just kind of, you know, it wasn't that long ago, 2018, when Ubisoft uh, fended off Vivendi, who was trying to kind of take them over because they had been acquiring stock and acquiring stock and acquiring stock and a basically a hostile takeover bid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at one point had almost owned almost 30% of Ubisoft stock. Yeah. And they were able to come to an agreement where basically Vivendi, you know, sold off all of their interest in Ubisoft. And some of it went to Ubisoft. Some of it went to the Gimos. Um, I think actually part of it even was picked up by like uh, the Canada Teach Canadian Teachers Pension Plan. So like really? the <laughs> Teachers of Canada actually technically, I think, own part of Ubisoft right now. Wow. Um, and maybe that's changed since I, I feel like that's what I remember reading, but it, it's just kind of interesting to think about the fact that a few years ago, you know, they were like trying to do everything they could to stay independent. Granted, had that hostile takeover take it hostile takeover happened, um, 
things would have looked very different for the people in charge of Ubisoft at the time, right? But it almost seems like, hey, you know, 2018, you were like, no, we really want to keep our be our thing, and now you're like, well, maybe we're just gonna buy all of us, and we'll just really like stay like our own small thing, right? Um, I would prefer that Ubisoft stayed independent for sit to stay multi-platform. Like I, I really think that Ubisoft is most successful when they're putting games out everywhere. Yeah. And I think they're one of the few companies that truly has supported everything, right? Like they have supported switch. They have supported um, uh, Luna and they have supported whatever Google's streaming was that I'm already blanking on. Stadia. Stadia. Thank you. Like, they've, of they've, course. yeah, like they have <laughs> supported all of those things, right? They were there on the Wii U on day one. Like they're, they're a company that, really does support gaming as a whole and even though i i disagree with their nft stuff and their blockchain stuff like that's not something i'm a fan of they are a company that's constantly looking and pushing and, and doing everything they can to make sure games are accessible and available to people everywhere which I, is something i appreciate so if they aren't going to stay like independent and kind of go private and still do things my preference would be that they were picked up by you know, a 2K or something like that, even though it does seem very clearly that's not what they're interested in. Right. I, I do think, um, and I know others disagree with me and and I have no business acumen in this, but uh, Ubisoft has a lot of employees, like a lot, a lot of employees. Yes. Um, I think like more potentially than like EA and 2K combined or close to that amount, right? And they're worth less than either one of those companies. Yeah. So I think that's kind of one of the things that makes it a big risk for, a Microsoft or a PlayStation to purchase a company of this is that, yeah, you need people, but are you really buying the company? Like, are you like buying the company to then move people to other things like in your other internal studios, right? Are you literally just buying the talent who could just walk away anyway? Right. So that's always the tough thing of they do have so many employees and obviously have had a really hard time retaining employees and have had had their own issues with workplace culture and, and, and negative things that have happened there. Um, I, I want things to improve and change there. And part of me wonders if it will, if they be go become a fully private company, right? Because often these things come up because they impact shareholders and yeah. you have to be public about those things. Um, but if you're a private company, you don't necessarily have to be as you know forthcoming with that information. Uh, so I do wonder a little bit if that would be in the best interest of the company. But So yeah, Josh, what do you think we're going to hear about uh, the next steps for Ubisoft? Do you think this is something that gets figured out this year still? I guess it really just depends on their motivation to sell. But I mean, I don't know. This seems more like a defensive thing. So maybe it's imminent. Maybe we'll see this happen this year. Uh, I mean, a lot of companies literally just, not literally, a lot of companies just started their fiscal year-ish as compared to where we are in the year. So um, maybe not until next year, but maybe like this is when everything will start happening. Yeah. We'll see. I. (laughs) <laughs> excuse me i think the you know even family uh always have really seemed like sticklers of that they really want to kind of do their thing and, and maintain the culture of the company and and being who yeah. ubisoft is and i have to remember like that e3 like right after they had fended stuff off or maybe it was right when vivendi was trying to take them over because that's when they announced like um, beyond good and evil 2 i think that's when the like mario rabbits was mario rabbits, yeah. like yeah it was very much like look at us like you don't want us to be taken over you want us to be able to keep doing what we're doing so we're going to give all of the gamers all of the games they could have ever wanted from us or at least we're going to announce them yeah um, and then most of them will never see but uh, yeah it, uh, it just my view of ubisoft then to my view of ubisoft now has changed drastically and i'm still someone who loves their games right i put a ton of hours into valhalla you know phoenix rising i put a ton of time into like it 
man, I've just put so much time into their games and I Pro champions, Scum and Bones. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see about how those go. But I'm always at least interested, right? Yes. Other than some Tom Clancy stuff. Those are the things that I tend to stay away from. But like I love the division and the division too. So you good. know, like so we'll see. But it'll be interesting to say see what happens with Ubisoft at a time of heavy consolidation. Um it'll it'll be really interesting to see if ubisoft is able to stay independent because you know that would just be if they don't that's like one less press conference right like that's yeah. e3 doesn't really exist anymore but that was one less e3 press conference if, if something happens to them though i have to imagine like next year if e3 comes back the embracer group's going to do their own press conference right they kind of have to i think <laughs> i mean i feel like at this point they'd have to but yeah who knows, who knows? okay with that then josh what is your next story well, uh, did we get a sneak peek into Microsoft's event in June or something that might be there? Perhaps. I have this story for two reasons I want to talk about. Um, but this story is coming from Eurogamer. Uh, leaks all over, not leaks, some people talking all over the internet about uh, potential for this and uh, the rumors that Microsoft will be uh, re- launching, which means they are working on a cloud streaming device. Um and this is not a rumor. They are working on a Samsung app for their smart TVs. Mm-hmm. We heard about this last year, I think, too. Yeah. But essentially, when you buy a new Samsung smart TV, it will have a uh, Game Pass or Xbox xCloud app in it that will allow you to uh, play games on the cloud. So the rumor is in the next 12 months, we'll see a some type of streaming device uh, people are thinking it could venture B thinks it could be anything from like a fire stick type of device to um, like maybe like the Amazon fire cube or a Roku mm-hmm. box, something yeah. to that degree. I mean, which makes all the sense in the world. Right. Um, and I, you know, I think it seems just to be inevitable. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because over the weekend, Microsoft uh, did do something I think pretty big, which was open up Fortnite to everybody via xbox.com slash play. And you all you have to do is have an Xbox account. It can be a free one. You don't have to pay uh, for gold. And what you do uh, is you fire up any device, your computer, your tablet, your phone on that thing. It has you sign in. And you know what? My boss and I tested it at work on public Wi-Fi, which has like a thousand students on it. Uh, <laughs> and it worked incredibly well. Um, the interface is the same as like xCloud, if you've mm-hmm. used it before like I have. Uh, the real kicker to Apple, I think, in Epic is he was able to do it on his iPad. And I'm sure Apple's not thrilled about that with their Fortnite uh, <laughs> uh, drama. Going right. on, but he was able to play it very easily on his iPad, and I was able to play it on my Pixel very easily as well. Um, I just think, like, if you're listening and you have an Xbox account, free or not, you can just create one too. Uh, you can literally go to xbox.com slash play and fire up Fortnite. And I believe there might be, if there isn't anything else currently, there will be other games like you'll probably see Apex Legends, potentially called Call of Duty Warzone. Um, any of these free-to-play games, I think, is ultimately the big uh, like idea for this. And it's I think it's about time that Microsoft... I know they have like Surface tablets, things like that, but those are pretty much geared towards business people or professional career people. Uh, that's the same thing. 
professional yeah. career people. That's a sentence yeah. that I just said <laughs> <laughs> after I said business people. Uh, yeah. Talking is hard sometimes. And it brain, is. Brain worky. Not great. Uh, what do you think? Have, are you going to try uh, this version of what you can do now on cloud? Are you excited for some type of device that will allow you to throw your Xbox essentially in your room without having to have your Xbox in there? Where do you stand? Is this, or is this just like more stadia to you? It's a good question. I don't know that this is something that I would need because right now, like I have my series X and my Xbox one, both on two different televisions. And they're the only two televisions I'd really ever get. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so for me, uh, I, I, this isn't something that I would need and it doesn't excite me, but I, I do think it is continues to show that Microsoft doesn't necessarily like, do they want to sell you hardware? Sure. But they don't necessarily want to sell you an Xbox series X. They just want to sell you something. Yeah. Potentially that is going to get you to stream their games on their system or through their services or partner with television manufacturers to make it so that you can stream games through the televisions that are you're already buying right yep, yep. um it, it has long been known that or it seemed to be that this is very much what microsoft cares more about just like they have switched with you know how they use microsoft office right it's about a subscription it's about yeah. being getting regularly regular commitments from people to stay engaged in the microsoft ecosystem that's what it's all about and they're willing to use their formidable technology and formidable dollars to make that happen yeah um that you know it, kind of like we talked about before that you know microsoft and playstation are not interested in making tens of millions of dollars they're interested in making hundreds of millions of dollars right and yeah. to make that much money you typically have to invest a lot of money up front to kind of help make that happen um and they're willing to do it so i do think this is pretty cool i i am not like i said in a situation where i'm currently going to pick any of these things up they just you know don't I don't have a need to, but, you know, I am in the market to replace at least one of my televisions in the next year or two. So depending on, you know, if I do that, well, to be honest, if I were to, well, I don't know if I would, because I'm trying to think if I replaced the television that my Series X is on and it had like, and it was a Samsung and it had the app, would I replace the Series X? I don't think I would, right? Because it's still going to be a better experience, even if it's very good. Yes, it's more reliable. You're right. It's still going to be a better experience. Yeah. Um playing it off my series x so right so like i said for me not something that i'm going to use but what about you josh you're someone who's obviously really big into xbox you have a lot you play games in a lot of different places is this something you're interested in you know the portability is always this idea that i think is great until i realize how like little time i even have to use it and i'm not like commuting on a train which i can't even imagine you have a strong signal (laughs) i don't know if commuter trains have wi-fi in them now they probably do right um i think so maybe maybe in that situation if i was traveling long distance for work and i was riding like a transportation uh system i i might be more interested i like knowing that i have the uh, option to do that like that is nice or like being in a hotel if i'm traveling on vacation Mm -hmm. that's a nice bonus to me not having to bring a console with me, not that I like. I know some people do, but when I used to travel for Best Buy, like people would bring their Xboxes and their Playstations. Yeah. This would be nice for people in that situation as well. Um, and honestly, for me, I, I think the most I would use it for is like showing off the tech more yeah. than using it. 
Like, yeah. look what you can do to other people and family members. But I do like that it is out there. I don't know that I would want a separate device like a Amazon like Fire Stick. If it was built into the TV, that would be cool. Or if they put an app out on the TVs that have apps on them, that would be more preferable to me. But I do like the fact that people who don't have Xbox consoles now have some form of access to Xbox games um, without that. And they can just use a Bluetooth controller for most of their devices. So it can be even a PlayStation controller. <laughs> right. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So, um, okay, Josh, this is going to be where I'm going to sound real dumb and people are going to be like, why are you even doing a gaming podcast? If you don't know the answer to this to do X cloud streaming. Do you have to be connected to wireless or can you do it off of 5g? I think you, you can be on 5g, but your phone's going to be like warning the crap out of you the whole time okay so <laughs> like, theoretically hey, possible but... you're using data <laughs> yeah you're using all you can the use data. it without wi-fi okay so theoretically possible but but yeah it depends on your phone probably and definitely your carrier right okay i just didn't even know if you could because I, I just know that there are times especially something i recognized this week at the hotel i was staying at was that um often i got a more reliable download if i just like switched off the, wi- the yeah. hotel's wi-fi and just use my yeah. my you know my cellular data was actually far more reliable and and fast so i just didn't know um if that was something you well could, i should say I-, I mean i when i when i used xcloud when it was out when it was in beta form you could use data so mm-hmm. i'll say that when i was actively using it you could use like right. non-wi-fi but they could have changed that Maybe like stabilize not, it better. Obviously, wireless typically is going to be far better than that, or more sure. stable at least. You know, when you're, yeah. but if you're, I was just the train thing made me think of that of like, oh right, right. If right. you if if there wasn't you know a Wi-Fi signal on the train or something, or if you were like traveling via car, could you just like sit in the back seat and play off your phone? You know, like without right. like hooking up a hotspot type deal. So, but yeah. again, obviously that's going to be pretty inconsistent. But cool, uh, Josh. Do you think that we'll see this in June? Do you think that? Xbox yeah, for will sure. share this at their show? Okay. Oh, yeah. This will be a big thing for them, especially for if they can get it out for the holiday. Um, speaking then very briefly also of uh, Xbox's June show, so the initial yeah. rumors that it's going to be a 90-minute show. Uh, does that seem good for you? Does that seem 90 minutes seem long enough? Too I think long, that's, short, that seems to right? be about... That seems to be the average for Microsoft's show, I think. So that sounds that sounds fine. Gotcha. It's like... That's like eighth... That's like... No, that's like... Uh, let's see... One tenth of the runtime of the game awards, so it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the zing of the day. Cool. All right. Anything else then about uh cloud streaming devices in Microsoft, Josh? No. No. And okay. as we transition, I'm gonna step to my right and just put food in my cat's bowl and then I'll All right. be right back. <laughs> you transition and put that food out and then that's great. All right. For so for my second topic, we've kind of hit that point of the year, even though I haven't been gaming all of that much where I'm enjoying what I'm playing when I'm playing things, but I'm also thinking of what's next, right? That's kind of... <laughs> you're cheating for, on the game you're playing. Well, I mean, <laughs> one of the things about being a gamer that it's like, I feel like sometimes we get more hype for what's next than what's actually out, right? Like a game we're really excited about comes out, we're like, sweet, what's next? Like, I feel like we're kind of always in that newest, latest, yeah. best. Like, that's what we're always going after. Uh, so I was, you know, on my long drive that I had, I was trying to think of, you know, what upcoming games were out there. And I said, you know, we should talk about that a little bit. Not necessarily here's what game is coming when josh but what three games if you could pick three games total that you could just like have happen now that you're like i just get to play this game now what games would those be and this could be like 
any game like this could be a game that's announced that we just don't have a release date yet like you could say or doesn't exist well i mean it exists that we know that exists no it doesn't have to it it does not have to okay okay, yeah so we could say like god of war ragnarok that's fine like we know that game we've seen that game we know that game's coming like you could totally say that like you could also say and we know that game is relatively soon right you could say the next mass effect like we know they're working on a mass effect but we have no idea when we're seeing that game right um, or you could say a game that like isn't we've never heard of, but it's just a game that we really miss. Maybe you're like, hey, I really want a new Guitar Hero. Okay. Any of these things are possible. Really, okay. just like if you could like will into existence three games right now for you to play, what three games would those be? So we will go back and forth. We will kind of sure. alternate through them. Um, Josh, what would be the first game that you would will into existence right now? Uh, you know, that's like I have an answer, but it's it's not like. When you say will into existence, I feel like I should name a like something crazier. Um, no, it's good, and it doesn't uh, have to be because mine are I, not crazy. If I could play tomorrow, I would love to um, get my hands on Dead Space remake. Oh, okay. Tell me more, Josh. Why Dead Space remake? Uh, it's just one of my favorite game experiences, and uh, it's one of those. I think all three games that I would pick would be games that are going to be games that we've constantly wanted to have more of and just have never got it. So um, like Dead Space 3, we tried playing it a little bit. It certainly wasn't great. Um, And you could tell like how much of a drastic change it was from the first two. Uh, So, you know, I've been waiting for a new Dead Space since Dead Space 2. And Dead Mm, Space 2 is fantastic as well. And everything I've seen, which is not much for the Dead Space remake, really just... It just looks like they're putting a lot of work into it. So uh, I really want to play that game really bad. That's that's a good pick. That's definitely a good pick. All right. So Dead Space Remake, Josh's first pick. My first pick, Josh, is uh, a game that we know is coming. And this is probably going to sound like a really weird pick. But for whatever reason, this is the game that I don't know is going to be the best game that's released still this year. It's a game that is supposedly coming out this year. Uh, it definitely doesn't have as much hype as other games do. But it is definitely a game that I am most interested in seeing if it's good or not. Because if if it is good, this game could do really, really well. Like, this game could sell really well. This is a game that we could be talking about for a long time to come. If it does poorly or is not good, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people who um, are going to be disappointed. But I think there's actually going to be another contingent of people who are going to be very happy about that fact. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, and Josh, for me, that game is Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, <laughs> uh, this game is sure. a game that we've we've talked about, kind of the baggage that it comes with this game and talking about this game. Um, it is just such an interesting examination to me of taking a, an IP that is much beloved, created by someone who many people now malign, sure, um, and rightfully so, yeah. Um, and figuring out you have now this studio in between who's trying to make the absolute best game that they can. Like, and literally the game that like tons of people who are Harry Potter fans have asked for, let me become a wizard at Hogwarts and like write my story. Like, let me do an RPG to become a wizard, like get my house. Like, let me do that. Right. This is a game that we ever, and like triple A quality, right? This is like all of those things that we have been asking for, but is it going to be good? Right. Like this is a game. Like when we started PSVG in one of the first episodes, we talked about like, what is a game that you want or like what game is it that, you know, like kind of your dream game. This yeah. was it. This was the thing I named. I wanted a full triple A in-depth Harry Potter 
RPG. And now that it's so close, I really want to see what this thing is. Yeah. And like I said, if it stinks, so be it. At least I got the chance to experience it and realize, well, maybe this thing can't work the way I thought it would. But if it's great, I'm going to be so excited. So just because it is something I've wanted for so many years. And like I said, you could go back and listen to the original PSVG podcast, like archives. Like it was, I literally think one of the first 10 shows we did, we had this conversation. (laughs) Um, This was what I talked about. So for me, though, it might seem odd. A game that I'd play right now today, if I could, would be Hogwarts Legacy because I want to see what is the result of this dream that I had? Is it is it a good dream or is it a nightmare? What's going on here? That's yeah. what I want to find out. So, Josh, then, what is your second game that you'd will into existence if you could? Well, it's another game that there's been rumors about it being a thing for, I don't know, seven, eight years. And I, oh. uh, Silent Hill is the game I want. I wow. want a new Silent Hill. I want a next-gen Silent Hill. I don't want PT. I want third person. I want like old school Silent Hill. Uh, continue the story if you want. Remake it if you want. I just want. I want that game that so many people's hands have touched, and they just can't get it out. And if we're just pulling it, if we're just this is that like whatever. I want the Guillermo Hideo game. That's the one I want, but not PT. Silent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a lot of uh, horror, Josh, that you were kind of sticking with. What is your history with um, the Silent Hill? Have you played all the Silent Hills? Like, where are you with that as a franchise? I played one, two, and three. I'm not sure if there's more. Um, I didn't finish three. I'm pretty sure I finished one and two because that's back in the day where, like, we, you know, bring the PlayStation discs to your buddy's house or vice versa and you sit down for hours playing, like, Parasite Eve and. Uh, Silent Hill and and Silent Hill Two, all those games like that, like Metal Gear, Solid. So, right. Um, I know I have completed one and two. I don't remember how many endings we got. I know that there's multiple endings in each game. Um, but it's also something I would have to like put more time into, like researching how much I actually played. I feel like there's like a Silent Hill Four. I definitely didn't play it though. Oh, because there's a whole bu- there's a whole bunch of like options too. Because there's a Silent Hill Four. Um, that was a PS2 Xbox. Was it like Silent Hill Four: The Room or something like yes, that? Yes, yes, okay, yes. That that was the fourth one. But then there's like a there's a PSP one. Um, okay, okay. And then I think there was Silent Hill Homecoming that was like later. Yeah, that sounds right too. Yeah. Um, and maybe one or two more after that. But yeah, I mean, there's been quite a few Silent Hill games sure. beyond the first three. I think the first three are definitely what most people associate with the series. Like, that's what I think most people think about. I played the first two. I never played the third one even, I don't believe. Because the third... Is the third one that it's a teenage girl? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. So yeah, so I played the first two, and I never actually played the third one. So I only really have played two of them. But yeah, there's been a whole bunch of them after that. I Do you think... These rumors have been around forever. Do you think Silent Hill is coming back, Josh? I just, I can't imagine they would not put a Silent Hill game out. They know people want it. They know it would sell. It could be bad. Right. It could be like Metal Gear Survive. It it would sell uh, mm-hmm. because people want it and they don't know. Like now if it's bad, they won't be able to make another one because people just won't pay attention anymore. But right. I'm just so surprised that they haven't sold the rights or sold their company <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just really surprised that um 
it hasn't come out. And I, you know, I don't really have like a lot of faith in Konami right now anyways. Yeah. You know, they haven't had a great track record in the past 10 years. So who knows? I'm still waiting for uh, street fighter versus uh Tekken from not from uh, Konami, but from uh who? Yeah. It's Konami Tecmo, right? Who had not- Koei Tecmo? Koei Tecmo, not Konami. Okay, there goes me being a, a accidental racist. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? <laughs> Wait, because are you talking about Tekken in general? Yeah, Tekken is, is Namco. This a Tekken, is it it's Tekken Namco. Bandai Namco? Yeah, it's Bandai Namco. Okay. Part of my, um, my brain isn't functioning properly. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so you're trying to keep all that stuff straight? My goodness gracious. There's so yes. much of it. Yes. I mean, I'm a fighting game guy, so I should have known better, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I just I want to see it. I want to see it. I hope they're working on it. Um, and if not, I hope someone else will work on it in the future. Yeah. Would you be fine if it was Bloober Team? Because there was that rumor, too, that Bloober Team. Was yeah, yeah. I'm like... OK with Bloober Team. I thought the yeah. medium was OK. OK. Definitely as close to Silent Hill as we're going to get, at least for a little <laughs> bit. Um. OK, Josh, my second one. Uh, it's a game that is announced. We know it's coming. Um, it's quite a ways away still. But when I think of just having fun, right? Like this isn't a game necessarily that I think is going to rewrite or redefine uh, gaming in any necessary way. I think it's going to be uh, it's a sequel. I think it's going to be iterative of, of what we've seen before. Take some lessons, make some changes. But I, I don't think this is going to be a game that is going to redefine the way we think of open world gameplay but i do think it is a game that um the other two that have kind of been in the series i've really enjoyed uh the gameplay itself is amazing the the music is great the characters are fun and interesting and the writing for this for this series has been very good i think most people like when they think of the open worlds themselves and you the things you do in the open worlds pretty paint by numbers as far as that stuff goes but uh and, and it is a character that I have started to like far more than I ever thought I would. Uh, that's Spider-Man 2. Josh, I really like playing the Spider-Man games. They're just so fun. Like, nothing really feels to me as good as those games do when it comes to just traversing the city, getting to your next thing, yeah. having the fights, and, the, like, the mechanics. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's just, you know, Arkham games. But it, it, it's It's way not. more it than feels, that. Yeah, it feels so different than that, and... The, how you use your abilities and your powers and your gadgets, like all of that kind of plays into it. I think that the writing for the series has been very, very good between, you know, Spider-Man and then between Miles Morales. Like they're really setting themselves up to be able to do some really interesting things moving forward. And I know there's a contingent of folks that are kind of over superhero things. And to be honest, like I was talking to my partner because um, next weekend is our anniversary. We were talking about what we were going to do. And I'm like, well, we could go see Doctor Strange. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I completely forgot that movie even came out. Right. Like <laughs> there there, I think there might be some fatigue setting in. Right. Like people sure. talked about Moon Knight, but people weren't like talking about Moon Knight, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so but this is just a game that I'm really looking forward to that. I, I kind of anticipate what I'm getting. If they totally change it up, I'm going to be OK. But if it's honestly, if it's more of the same, I like what that more that same thing is so much that I'm totally cool with that. Um, so for me, if I, if I could play it right now, um, Spider-Man 2, whatever it's going to be, whether it's taking turns between the different spider peoples or it's just a one person, like whatever they <laughs> yeah. want to do, like I trust them to do what they, they think is best. And, um, you know, with how good those other two games ran, uh, I'm really interested to see what they can do with this, doing it just as a PS5 game. So yeah, nice. Spider-Man 2, that's my second one. 
Josh, what is your third and final pick for a game you could will into existence now if you could? Well, keeping in mind with the remake uh, theme, uh, I want to be clear too. Like, I want like Resident Evil two remakes, quality remakes, uh-huh. um, or even like reinvention. Like, you can still take the same game, but maybe change it a little bit, but maybe yeah. keep keep the the things that worked intact. Um, I want a remake of Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Wow. Okay. Tell me more, Josh. It's one of my favorite games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, it still holds up. I have it on my uh, uh, SNES Mini. You know, okay. it, didn't, it didn't come with it, but I have it. Yeah. Uh, and I just, it's it's one of those games that really made me reevaluate RPGs. Like I was like, they're not for me when I was playing this, like around this time. And I just remember playing this whole game through and loving every minute of it. And then um, during the the beginning of COVID, when I was working those 24-hour shifts um, and I brought my SNES Classic, I started playing this again. And it was great. And I had a great time. And I didn't think it was going to hold up. And it really did. So um, I really want to play this game again and I and I and I don't want to just play it on the NES online or SNES online. I want it like a Mario Rabbids got really close to having the same feeling as I did when this game came out, but I want that. Yeah. I want uh those Rab- Mario Rabbids graphics and a remake of this game with it. Okay. That's a that's a that is a great pick, Josh. Thank you. Uh before yeah. I do my last one, uh yes. do you have any honorable mentions or other games you would consider or like just kind of off the cuff games you'd be like yeah i'd be down for that yeah i mean we're still waiting for a spec up sequel i would love another spec ops game that not even a sequel was... necessarily just like a new take on spec ops yeah um i still think uh siphon filter and socom could come back mm-hmm. and be successful um uh i i was excited for pop possibly parasite eve and dino crisis but we got two games that are definitely not those games <laughs> but definitely yeah. are similar to those games right uh i can't wait for fable i hope it i hope we get to see some some uh gameplay of fable uh in june i mean we're going to right we're seeing fable gameplay I don't, in june. i don't know i have no idea how far along they are we might not see any gameplay i thought we were gonna see it at the game at the game awards but we didn't yeah. so who knows um yeah i mean there's a bunch of stuff that like Mass Effect, I'm gonna not be excited and just hope that I lower my expectations and it's good. Dragon Age Four, can't wait to see the potential Metal Gear remake. That could be really cool. Uh, who knows? There's so many things out there. What about you? Before your third pick. Well, I mean, a lot of what you you, you actually like rattle up <laughs> a lot of great ones there. Spec Ops was a game that I had considered for sure because Spec Ops Line is one of those games that is great, and and I think going back and getting that either a next one or even a fully prettied up version of that one would be would be super great um uh, (laughs) oh man Uh, another one that i had considered was um getting a remake all uh final fantasy 7 remake of chrono trigger oh that'd be interesting yeah just like really taking the time to kind of update everything now i know for some people that are gonna say like no we don't need that and i don't think we do but keep in mind the original chrono trigger would still be there for you to play right but i i do think that it would be kind of interesting to kind of to take that game and give it um 
all the TLC that you know Final Fantasy VII is seeing because I, I do think that Chrono Trigger is a really special game that people talk about and remember fondly, but for whatever reason, just doesn't seem to get the I don't want to say respect, but the the industry itself doesn't seem to do much to prop it up, right? Like we had Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, and what have we had since then, right? Well, we got Chrono Cross like remake, which yeah upgrade what remaster whatever or i should say remaster like which wasn't even super great apparently you know in comparison to the original chrono cross and, and yeah i just i feel like that series gets disrespected quite a bit um so those were kind of like a couple of them that jumped out at me big time uh as far as another future game goes um i would say whatever i mean uh I mean, Infamous is something I would really like to come back. Okay, I'd, I'd love yeah. to have a new Infamous. Um, I know if you join our Discord, there's a lot of conversations. Do about you need what Infamous if you have Spider Man? That that's why. Like, I was, I say Infamous because I know a lot of people really want Infamous, and I think it is yeah. different enough. Like, it is another really cool traversal game, like yeah. getting around the city, and that was pretty great, especially in Second Son. Like, for that, even the shortcomings that game had, like the traversal in that game was great. Yeah. Um. And that, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, whatever, whether it's Ghost of Tsushima 2 or whatever they are doing there, like, obviously, I, I'd really just kind of excited for whatever Sucker Punch has next. I think they make great stuff. Um, so, whatever they're doing, I, I want to see the next piece of their. Um, but, Josh, if I was going to pick one, my official third pick, and yeah. I debate it because there's two different franchises here, and I could be okay with either one of them, but the one I feel like is more likely to happen based off of recent acquisitions and everything else, even though I know I can pick anything, I can will anything into existence, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to pick a new Guitar Hero. Uh, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I really loved Guitar Hero. Um, it's a, a game I played a ton. Obviously, with the most recent one that came out, Guitar Hero Live or whatever it was, I, I did not get that. Um it, generally because i'm like i'm really old and trying to learn different colors is gonna be very hard for me <laughs> so that's the reason i didn't get it yeah because uh, they went to like the black and white buttons rather than the five color buttons uh but i would love a you know new guitar hero uh going back to kind of the style of those original first three especially um and and really just kind of leaning as far into that as they can um and, and just kind of focusing on that and yeah like going to the rock band route like might be fun but like I, I don't know. There was just something about, even though I really like Rock Band, there was just something about those Guitar Hero games that I loved Rock Band. It just didn't quite hit the same. You know, there's just something about it. And, you know, those are, I think the Rock Band 2, Rock Band, the Guitar Hero 2 guitar is still like the best guitar. Like yeah. it just felt the best, like the click with it and stuff. It was just so good. Um, and it was a game I used to be really good at. I don't think I'm good at it anymore. I'm old, I'm slow, <laughs> but at the time I was pretty darn good yeah. at it. So, uh, yeah, if I could will a new Guitar Hero into existence, I 100%. So with that, listeners, what would you will into existence? What games would you play absolutely tomorrow if you could? What would you want to make have make happen? Let us know. We'd love to hear what are those things that you are just dying to get your hands on or want to create out of thin air. If we don't know about them yet, we'd love to hear. Hit us up on the social medias, on the Discord. We want to talk to you about it. So with that, we're going to move on to our homework updates. Every two weeks, we give one another homework. Report back on how it's going and assign new homework. I have a feeling I'm going to know how Josh's homework went. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but two <laughs> weeks ago, Josh was assigned to play Foundations of Rome. Yeah. And then Josh assigned me to more read more Civil War comics up to Wolverine issue 44 is where I needed to get. So, Josh, we'll start with you. Foundations of Rome. Is this a great game? Tell me all about it. It's, it's... You can't see it, but it's up there. It's it's unopened. It's not. I haven't. No, I haven't played it. I haven't played it. <laughs> you even had a game night, Josh. I know you played Gloomhaven, but yeah. I mean, uh... <laughs> I mean, you can easily fit Gloomhaven and Foundations of Rome on a table next to each other. What's the problem? 
We started playing Gloomy Event at 8.30 p.m. That's what the problem is. That is a good problem. That's a really good problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we, w- we would have just played two Gloomhaven scenarios in that situation if we played more. Yeah, um, yeah I know. I really want to play it. Uh, it's still first in the list to play at home when we get time. And I don't know what it is. Uh, well, I do know what it is. It's COVID. <laughs> Post-COVID yeah. blues. Uh, also... This weekend, not a great weekend. Mother's Day weekend. Next weekend, I have a birthday party Saturday and a birthday party Sunday. What? Josh, why uh, are you so busy? I don't know. People having kids and too many kids, but they're all there. It's <laughs> birthday parties. There's too many children. Um. Uh. Yeah, so hopefully, and we have to try to find time to see Dr. Strange. So hopefully closer okay. to the end of this month, we'll, we'll be able to get a game night with my wife and I where we can... Um, sit down and play foundations of Rome. that will be the first game we play and i i i will play it. i just don't know when <laughs> okay well that's good though that's it that's it that's good that's good all right josh it's okay that you didn't play it i know playing board games is challenging um <laughs> i did more. <laughs> yeah well i know this sh- it shouldn't be but it but it is i get it um i did play read more civil war comics but not yeah. as many as i should have i only read that's like, okay more so um yeah i actually was like super stoked to go on to this conference because i was like this is gonna be great i'm gonna like hang out in the evening i'm just gonna sit down i'm just gonna bust through all these comics that i'm gonna get way farther than josh expects me to and then like all my evening activities took way longer than i thought and then (laughs) like it just did not in any way shape or form um go the way i thought it was going to so yeah i failed pretty hard there and I, i don't have a good reason like it's something that I should have easily been able to do it. I, I just did. If you did. took a plane, you could have, you would have been able to read. More. That is a good point. If I hadn't been driving, I, pr- I could have done it. That is an excellent, excellent point. Okay. Okay. So Josh, we both failed. It's okay. Well, you know, we'll dust ourselves off. We'll pick ourselves up. We'll get back. Yeah. At it. Why not? Okay, Josh, I see that you've already put in my homework. I so did. Let me yes. ask first, have you played this game at all? Cause you didn't talk about it. No, I haven't played it. I've watched people play it, and I installed it. I just haven't. I got the notification you installed it. So yeah, I just haven't the, played you know, it. Yet. Yeah, that's the the thing about uh, share, account sharing is that you get to know when somebody else downloads yes. something. So uh, there's this game I've been trying to play secretly, and I'm like, man, as soon as I download this, Josh is going to know, though. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, I Josh. will know. <laughs> okay, Josh. Well, your homework for two weeks from now is actually a game you attempted to start but did not start officially and that is trek to yomi um this is a game that apparently i was a fool and took it in our fantasy critics draft um ah. <laughs> yeah apparently style over substance apparently style over substance but yeah i, I blame devolver um they really <laughs> never I, I which i shouldn't because they they have had some misses as of late so yes you know so i guess I, it's not the seal that it needs to be anymore but josh you need to play trek to yomi in the next two weeks um, you definitely don't need to finish it. Play as much as until you're no longer having fun. If you're having okay. fun, keep playing, obviously. But if you're like <laughs> no longer having fun, you're welcome to quit at any point. Okay, that's good. Um, to know. So that's your homework. What's my homework, Josh? You need to play Blood Hunt. It is free to play battle royale game. Uh, I know it's on PlayStation. I don't know if it's anywhere else. Um, I I want you to play this because well, I know it's free to play, and it I is. know that you were looking for other things to play besides Overwatch. Although now I know that you kind of can just play Overwatch too, but uh, 
Uh, I watched a little bit of this before I recommended it, and it just seems very unique. It seems mm-hmm. very cool. It's third person. Uh, you can play cooperatively. I don't know if I don't know if it's mandatory that you're on a, a three person team or not, or if you can play single. I didn't see like the main hub for for selecting game matches, but uh, it looks really cool. Vampire abilities. Uh, there's like NPCs that are just civilians, where you can drain their blood to get health back. Mm-hmm. You can. Uh, one of the things that I thought was cool was I was watching a team of three people do it, and they were on a on, on the map, and they had. They were choosing to break into a store that was like a blood bank or or a pharmacy or something. And when uh-huh. you when you break in, it triggers an alarm, so anyone in the area will be alerted to your presence on the map. Oh. But they did it to get health to heal themselves. So I thought that was a pretty cool like addition to this whole battle royale style gameplay. Right. Um, and uh, it seems like it could be really fun. And it's, it also seems like it could be too complicated. So I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, I actually, this was on my short list of things to download. I wanted to play this. So now that uh, you have indicated I should, um, maybe I will be successful to get my homework done this time <laughs> and I will play it. Uh, Josh, really quick. And I feel very dumb that I never knew this before, but I, I guess that I, I just never really thought about it. Um, so, you know, Vampire the Masquerade, that yes. like, game, you know, overall. Do you know what that, like, what the Masquerade is? Uh, do I know what a Masquerade is or do I know what the, well, in, in the context of Vampire the, game, like, the Masquerade is? Yeah, yeah, in the context of the, the game, no, why it's called Vampire the Masquerade? Uh, I guess I always just assumed it was a reference to Hidden Identity. Pretty much, yeah. It's the fact of like the masquerade is the vampires masquerading as humans, like and their sure, ability okay. to like yeah, live yeah. within. And I'm like, that's really like smart. Like I don't know why I never <laughs> thought about that. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, because like when you think about like the tabletop RPG and like everything that's behind it, like that is what you are doing is you're trying to be able to masquerade as a non-vampire, basically, um, to to kind of throw people off. So I was like, oh, that's actually kind of really smart. So. <laughs> All right, so in two weeks, Josh is going to give an update on Trek to Yomi. I will give an update on Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. All right, with that, Josh, do you have any questions or letters this week? Yeah, Paul chimes in. I'm going to get it in real quick. He's sad that I didn't get my tall neck. I'm still sad, Paul. I didn't get my gosh darn Lego tall neck. I'm I don't an adult. I'm an adult, and I'm mad I didn't get my Legos. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't want to rub it in, but mine did arrive in the mail. So I do awesome. have mine. No, I just need to put it together. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Paul is chiming in. He is a Jurassic Park fan of the franchise. His least favorite is the one where the young lady defeats Raptors with gymnastics. That's Jurassic Park 2 with uh, Jeff Goldblum's daughter doing gymnastics. Um, He's been playing Lego Star Wars. He's been working a lot. I get that. Uh, uh, There's a bunch of stuff. I'm going to reply to Paul uh, via email because I want to hear some comments on Evil Dead. Oh. Which seems cool. Uh, we did talk about Evil Dead a little bit, Paul. I did play the beta. It was fine. But I've watched some more, and it seems it's getting closer to a purchase for me. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, yeah. And we'll... Uh, oh, he picked his five games, which I think is crazy. I'm going to oh. tell, tell you his five games. Yeah. Five games for five years. He picks Clash of Clans. Oh, okay. Solitaire. Mahjong okay. and Jenga. He only really? picked four, <laughs> and Jenga was one of them. I'm not judging you, Paul. I just think it's crazy that those are the four games you picked. What if Clash of Clans servers go down? 
Well, <laughs> and you I mean, can, is that then you're down to three games. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have you ever played Clash of Clans, Josh? Yes, I have played it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I'd just rather play Age of Empires if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I played. And no, and no, no um, uh, nagging to do microtransactions to be better. <laughs> yeah, I did play Clash of Clans for a while, not super long, but for a bit. Yeah. Hey, whatever floats your boat. Right. Right. Anything Paul? else? <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Kyle, do you know what old enough is? Like, Don't look it up. Old, Don't look it up. Do you know what like it is? Old, are you saying like the- It's the name a sh- of a show on Netflix. Is this, okay, is this um the show about little kids being given uh-huh. like assignments to go do? Yes. Okay, I couldn't remember the name of it. I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Go uh, on. Doc. I had been told. I don't know where. Maybe uh, probably on Twitter. People have been talking about watching the show. Oh, there's definitely a podcast I listened to talking about it too. A show called Old Enough. I didn't really know too much except for the premise. And of course, this was one of those nights where I get home and I was just so tired, I couldn't bother myself to do anything else but turn the TV on. Uh huh. So. My wife and I laid in the living room being lazy post-COVID sickies. And we were like, what can we, what should I put on? And I was like, I heard this old enough show. We got to watch it. Uh, It is a Japanese TV show. It is in Japanese. So you do have to do some reading. Uh, Did you have your glasses, Josh, when you were watching? No, I didn't have my glasses on at this point. Uh, Okay. Something else are much smaller in Chuck Tiyomi than they were (laughs) in this show. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, So now it's, if you ever watch like MXC, like back in the day, most extreme elimination challenge, um, or uh, what was the castle? The name of the castle one? Uh, I can't think of the name. There's um, some. Uh, there's a show, Something's Castle, which is yeah. another like. So like they have like these very similar like narrators, like the they're very enthusiastic Japanese narrators, and it's very yeah. similar. I get vibes um, um, watching the show uh, for that, but they they show at the beginning. They it looks like it's a compilation. This must be a show that's on in Japan all the time mm-hmm. because the episodes on Netflix, like the first episodes from like 2017, but like the second episodes like from 2008, and then there's like one from. Oh, so they're like kind of so all they do that. over the place. It's so weird when they do that. Um, but what this show is is it. They take these parents who kind of like want to be on the show uh-huh. and they give their child a task to complete that they are far too young to be doing, which is why the show is called Old Enough. Now, yeah. as a parent, if it ever, if you want to feel like everything you've ever done is inadequate, watch uh-huh. this show. Um, and it's kind of funny. The first like three or four episodes, I was really get like, uh, enjoying and then I started like crying after oh man uh, because I'll tell you I'll explain it so uh, these tasks are typically like leave the house on your own and go to town now yeah, it's obviously I- it's in Japan so all these all these places are very like historical and right and it's not like the city so I'm not, it's not like I'm sending 
my kid out to go across, <laughs> you know, traffic. But there are times where they have to deal with traffic as well. But right. Um, they'll give these kids a lot of tasks. Like some of them, like leave the house, go to the market and get something here, go to the florist shop and get something here, go to this place and get something here and then come back home. But these are children. And in almost, almost every show I watched, the kid was two years old. Are you serious? Sometimes they're four. I think four is like the oldest I saw. Okay. A two year, a two year old child to go out on their own to be able to know what streets to go down. Right. Know how to talk to people, pay with money in a lot of cases, and find their way back home. It's insane. So the first like three or four episodes, genuinely just like kind of like you're just trying to figure out what the heck you're watching and like just being impressed. And then like I think by episode four, one of the kids starts crying because they oh, no. like something happens uh-huh. and they feel so bad. And I just started crying <laughs> watching that kid because they're by themselves. Yeah. There's cameramen around and there's cameramen everywhere. Um, but it's just a uh, two year old crying in the middle of the street <laughs> and no one there to console them. And they have to get, they have to get their stuff together. They got to f- get their wits and their courage and their spirit back together and complete their task. No one's telling them to complete it. I think almost every kid except for one completed all their tasks. Dang. Okay. I was so uh, just, <laughs> I couldn't, the, I don't even want, there's a one thing with a kid in apples and it's just so sad, but the kid tries harder than anyone you know to do to complete this task. And I can tell you that sincerely, I have never seen someone try to complete a task as much as like this kid did. Uh, but when those kids start crying, man, I can't, I can't do it. Josh can't handle it. <laughs> All right. Oh man. I've, yeah, I've, I've heard this being bandied about. I didn't know if I had the strength to watch this show though. How long are the episodes? 10 minutes long. Okay. So they are uh, very, they, very some short. of them are 20, but the first, okay. like they, they range from 10 to 20 minutes long. So it's okay. easy watch, easy watch. Okay. Okay. We'll see. So that's old enough on Netflix. Uh, Josh, I have two recommendations, but they're both very brief. Number one, uh, even if you're not an NHL fan, I really encourage you to check out the NHL playoffs this playoffs. year. They are so chippy this year. These teams, <laughs> I I watched multiple games, and like in mul- multiple games, I have seen like four players for one team like in the penalty box. Like <laughs> these, oh man, they are not messing around. And and playoff hockey is always slightly different. Like it seems that the refs like hold their whistles a little more, like they let the players play. Um, there definitely, I think, is a lot more. Hey, if I hit you hard now by game seven, you might be really tired. Um, So like this happens like in the playoffs with with hockey uh, uh, much, much more. So even if you're kind of a casual hockey fan and you have not been checking out the NHL playoffs, I encourage you to tune in Um, some really, really interesting games so far. Just man, the Bruins evened it up today. Yeah. And it's been a ton of fun to watch the, play- the NHL playoffs this year. Uh, but then my real, I don't want to say that that those, this wasn't the one, but my one <laughs> yeah. I had planned on doing um, is a show that you can, I'm watching it on Hulu. Um, it's an ABC show um, that has wrapped up its first season uh, last month, I believe. Or yeah, wrapped up its first season last month. Um, 
had a mid-season premiere um, to big critical acclaim, um, and that is Abbott Elementary. Ah, yes, I've heard about this. So yeah, so basically what it is is exactly what it sounds like. It is a, uh, a mockumentary sitcom um, about a group of dedicated teachers in the Philadelphia school, in a Philadelphia elementary school, and they have a you know a pretty inept slash tone deaf principal. <laughs> um, and they're just trying to get by with, you know, almost no school funding and the challenges that they face every day of being teachers. Um, it probably would be no surprise that um, the executive, one of the executive producers for this is Randall Einhorn. Um, he, he, Randall Einhorn also directs like the first five episodes. Um, he was, he directed like 15 episodes of The Office and was like the cinematographer for like the first like five or seven seasons of the office. Like, so yeah. he, his, he, you can definitely feel his fingerprints on this. So if you're a fan of the office, cause they are going to have like those talking heads and like those sorts of things definitely happen in the show. Um, uh, but Quinta Brunson, who is, plays the lead um, in it is the person who created the show. Um, so it, it is really, really interesting. I will say the first two episodes aren't, I'm not saying they're bad by any means, but they definitely are like, laying the groundwork for you to understand who the characters are yeah and then that way yeah. like once you get to like the third and fourth episode the their personalities and the way that they act and the way they do things like really starts to take off so um like i said it's not i'm not saying they're bad at all but they definitely like the first episode definitely feels like a pilot that you are getting introduced to these characters there's some funny things but you can definitely tell that a lot of table setting happens in those first two episodes but i think that's actually to its advantage that it's not like the first 10 episodes or like the first whole season like it's just a couple episodes to get things rolling um and then after that things um kick up pretty good like it's a pretty enjoyable it's only 13 12 13 episodes for the first season so pretty short um it uh, got renewed for a second season so it will be coming back but if you're looking for you know some elementary school comedy because of the topic not that the jokes are elementary school um check out (laughs) Abbott elementary like i said it's on hulu but it's an abc show so kind of anywhere you can watch abc you can see it cool so with that josh what do you say we wrap this show up Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of the Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. Uh, so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there if you would so kindly. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji, so please use that hashtag as well. So we can see what you're up to on all of the social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me now, maybe sporadically on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can the people find you? So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but 
You've never met him person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>